how can you create social media content without being miserable? It is a struggle. It is a grind. It is a constant battle to force yourself to create content for social media. It's exhausting trying to come up with the, the uh, topic ideas. It's exhausting trying to get your face in front of a camera or to uh, come up with funny, witty sayings or uh, to determine which products or which uh, ideas or which topics or which situations I should talk about on social media. So today we're going to talk about some things that I've learned by uh, creating content since probably uh, around 2016 is when I really started to create social media content for our small business. So that is the topic today is how can I create social media content? What cadence can I be on? And I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Better Business Podcast, where we help you improve your family-owned retail business. I'm with my co-host today, Chris Fox from Fox Strategy, the marketing genius. And my name is Steve Cook. I'm a third generation business owner. And with the things I've learned and talk about on this show, I've taken my family's retail business to over $10 million in sales. Now let's get to the show. Well, unless you've been living under a rock and operating your business from there too, you probably have felt the pressure uh, to create social media content for your business as a way of marketing, right? And whether or not you absolutely have to do that in order to succeed in your business is kind of another conversation. So we're going to leave that. But today I thought we should share some tips on how family retail businesses can create content for social media without feeling miserable. Cause that's really, I think what a lot of people feel is, is this trap, this pressure, this misery, right? Well, the simple fact is that social media as a channel is an easy free way to market your retail business, whether your market is just your small town um, or it's really around the world because it's the one, one of the most popular places or media channels where people are hanging out on the planet. So you should at least know how to leverage it um, efficiently. So Steve, what do you think about family-owned retailers using social media? Do you think they have to do it? You think they should skip it? Where do you see it in the in the climate of, of retail as an industry? Certainly, it depends on uh, the business, of course. Um, but I would say that of all businesses, um, that the general consumer in the world uh, I would venture to guess almost a hundred percent of them have cell phones mm. and out of those cell phones, I believe the percentage of time spent on a cell phone is it's a staggering number. I think it's like 60% of time spent on a cell phone is on social media. Wow. Um, so that is, that's the current state of cell phone usage is 60% of cell phone usage. So if we reframe the question and said, what percentage of your customers have a cell phone, um, I believe everyone would say venture to say almost all of them. Yeah. And then if you said, okay, out of those cell phones, 60% is on social media. That's more than the percentage that's driving by your business. Mm. That's more than the percentage that is at the uh, high school gym, looking at your banner. That's more than the percentage that's watching TV. Probably yeah. that's more than the percent, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, um, that's how I've always just kind of thought about our business is like, man, all my customers have cell phones. 
what percentage of time is spent on social media. Now you have to think about the platform and how you can actually, you know, convey the thoughts that you want to convey. Um, but a staggering amount of time is spent on it. So, um, and you're fooling yourself. I've had, it's the funniest thing, man. You're fooling yourself. If you say my customer is not on it, I've had literally 50 year old men tell me, well, our, our demographic is not on it. You know, it's like farmers and people that own horses and blah, blah. blah. And I'm like, well, I mean, you're a 50 year old guy. You're in the demographic. Do you have Instagram? Oh well, yeah. Do you have Facebook? Yeah. Let me, let me go a step farther. Do you have TikTok? Well, yeah, but I mean, our <laughs> customers, not, I'm like, you're the freaking demographic. So, um, so yeah, I think, uh, I think no matter what industry you're in, it's a, it's a, a tool that you could use. And there's really no two ways to slice it. That's where people are hanging out. And, and I think you brought up a really yep. poignant question. The, the question isn't, should you or shouldn't you on social media, potentially? Rather, it's where specifically and how, right? Like, how are you describing or selling um, on that platform? But the, the foregone conclusion is this is where people are. And this is where people are spending 60% uh, of the time. Uh, that they spend on a device they're spending on social media. So it, it's certainly um, from those that perspective worth talking about. But, okay, so I'm going to throw you under the bus a little bit here because I know throw that it. really, I know what I'd tell everybody uh, as maybe my first tip or my first encouragement around creating social content. But I'm curious what you have to say because you've been consistently making social media content for your business for many months now. Um, and so I was thinking, why don't you kick it off? What is the tip or the encouragement or the challenge that you would start with if you're talking to a retailer uh, looking to make social content that's not miserable? I do want to clarify. I messed up the percentages. It's only 20% oh, is on okay. digital media. But that does not include email, text messages, and all of that stuff. There you go. Um, so if you include all that stuff in there, um, some say 50% of mobile is on social media okay. apps. Um, that was from a deal called Tech Jury. Uh, said 50%. Another one said 73%. And then another one says 20%. So uh, who knows? I guess it depends on the, the cell phone provider. But Sure. Um, what a significant amount. Um it's a lot. Yeah. And a hundred percent of people, I think we can all agree uh, more or less a hundred percent of people own a cell phone. Yeah. So, <laughs> and they're spending time on it. Um, and I derailed your question. No, that's okay. You said retailers and my experience and throwing me under the bus. Yeah. Cause you've been doing it. Like you've been creating social media content really consistently. Like that's been our plan in our work together is for consistency, for clarity. But since you've been doing it for so long now, what would you say? I mean, have your, have your thoughts changed? How would you encourage another retailer uh, with a number one tip? I would say my number one tip is um, to figure out the difference between paid media and organic media. Mm. Um, so that would be the first place to start. I really did not understand that. Okay. Um, when I first, first started, this is the Facebook of old 2016, 17, you know, I didn't understand like, you know, how to run ads or like the difference between organic and all of that. So if you are going to run what's called organic social media, where you're not paying to 
place this into people's news feeds and you're just doing organic, that's a totally separate set of skills. You have to be entertaining. You have to, um, you know, uh, draw people to your page or to your videos or to your pictures. You're, you're pulling people in. If you're doing a paid social media approach, that's a little bit different. You need to have, I mean, really kind of call to actions and you need to have different um, things set up on your website where you can track the success and blah, blah, blah. So um, I would say the first place to start is to understand like what you, what is your end goal? Mm. Um, do you want to run organic or paid? If you want to run paid, you really you know, can either find somebody to run those paid ads for you. Um, but the creative is really easy. Um, you can do six pictures and have enough paid, you know, ads mm. to run for months. Um, if you're doing organic content creation and you're trying to attract eyeballs to your pages, um, then that takes a lot of work. Um, but you're paying nothing, um, to, to place those, those ads, so to say. Yeah, that's a good point um, because a lot of people might be, in that same spot you were in, not really understanding the difference between social media content that's organic and paid social media advertising. Um, and I think that, you know, a lot of people um, conflict or, or confuse the words advertising and marketing. Advertising and marketing are actually two different things. Advertising would be everything that you pay for. Everything that you're going to, uh, like you said, you're you're purchasing attention, you're buying eyeballs on your content, um, on your business pitch. But when we're talking about marketing, marketing is really the broad term for just attracting attention. So whether you're buying attention in advertising or you're attracting attention in marketing, um, those apply on social media too. So good point. And, and a lot of what I advise people on is the attracting attention of marketing, of creating organic content that draws in people rather than creating just a paid campaign that gets pushed out. Um, and, and you're right, very different goals, very different kinds of work and approaches. Um, so if you're a small retailer and you're wanting to get into social media, uh, yeah, you might need to hear us say your first stop might want to be organic content that you create and it's free apart from your time and effort um, to make it and you're just gonna put it out there and attract people to it, which lends to what you said, Steve. It's a very different kind of content, very different kind of work if you're gonna be attracting people versus just paying to access their attention. Let's say that, uh, yeah, let's, let's use this example. We're th talking about strictly social media, but if you use this example with the television, um, I think it's the best way for people to wrap their minds around it. Mm. Think of your television as the news feed. So when I switch to ABC or whatever it might be, that's the news feed that you're looking at on Facebook or TikTok or whatever. Okay, so if you're watching that news feed and they said, welcome back to our programming, uh, if you would like to buy the Whopper for five ninety nine next week, we'll have a special. And they're like, "Thank you for joining the show." You know, and yeah. you're like, "Wait, this isn't a show. This is a freaking commercial. I don't want to watch this show." Um, versus that is a great commercial. That might be an incredible commercial. Um, so if Academy Sports and Outdoors, the the uh, you know sports whatever you want to call it warehouse type um, business, if they created ESPN. Mm. Um, and hosted games and had all of that stuff and used that as a way for people to become aware of Academy, that's a great idea. Yep. They also run commercials. If they run commercials, hey, we have soccer goals on sale this week or whatever, that's a commercial. I just think people like 
they they have success running ads and then they try to post those ads to their organic mm. news feed and that would be like putting a commercial on a tv show and it doesn't make sense you know yep. um so if you want to attract people organically you have to do it in a way that it attracts people what they want to see yep. um versus and you have to have a lot more soft sell approach um by or incorporating your products and things like that versus if you run an ad i think you i think you need to be intentional about trying to sell something or give something away or whatever it might be so you know i think you need to go a little bit more hardcore like i'm trying to sell you something <laughs> and i'm paying for this ad to be in your feed um so I think that's kind of the difference there. Hopefully that helps help somebody understand the difference. Yep. And I would say, you know, the reverse is the same as well. If you've created organic content, um, it's likely that it may not do very well as paid, you know, ads and, and paying it to, to push it out to people who've never heard of you before. So they're really two different kinds of content, two different kinds of streams. And the, the question may be, you know, for the retail listeners, uh, well, can I do one without the other? Absolutely. You know, there are lots of businesses and retail, uh, direct to consumer retailers specifically who run paid advertising on Facebook and Instagram, but they don't have a Facebook or Instagram account. They don't have a, uh, you know, actual mm -hmm. page that's full of organic content. And the opposite is true. There are tons, lots more of, uh, organic Instagram and Facebook and TikTok accounts who never pay to be pushed, uh, you know, or promoted anywhere. Um, and then there are a handful that do both and they do them strategically. They, they make a plan of, of people seeing an ad and then following or people seeing an ad and then going to the website and buying. Um, so really, I think if we were going to encourage people, let's encourage people around organic content, the free, um, you know, only your effort and time invested because uh, you can do this if you own the business or you have a team member who works for you you can create this content um so in that light in a, uh, in the organic content um thought what what would a tip be for you steve or from you as you've created content organically what do you think has has helped you or, or gotten you there as you've built this system to create it um as far as like a tip on on actually doing it um my number one i think everyone has a different personality um some people might be rebellious in their nature some people might be people pleasers some people might be you know so this is hard as a blanket but for me i am very much a people pleaser and um accountability really works for me mm. when somebody is waiting on me to give them something or somebody's waiting on me to deliver something or whatever um that really puts pressure on me to actually do it just a simple calendar thing um for myself doesn't really make a, a hill of beans i don't really care um but if it's a calendar invite with somebody else i feel very obligated to be there or whatever so for me accountability has been the biggest thing that i have someone that's coming to either um show up to uh film something or they're waiting on me to send them content or they're waiting on something um so like your company obviously we you send someone to our location once a week to film um that's hardcore accountability mm -hmm. um so that's the number one thing for me is accountability the other thing is um to do it and we've gotten away from this a little bit but um i cannot as a business owner it is very hard for me to create and be creative and to be a lot of the 
content that's creative is also fun or entertaining um, that we do. Um, and I try to have a, a bright personality or be funny or whatever it might be. Um, and it's very hard for me to do that when I have somebody that's texting me that, um, for instance, last week, we we had a tailgate that we bumped with the forklift. We had a bale of hay that got ran into the side of somebody's truck that oh. um, was, like, damaged. And we also pulled down an electrical pole with our delivery truck. This all happened in the same day oh that I was trying to create content. Yeah. And so I'm getting these text messages while it's trying to make funny TikTok videos. That's not – it doesn't get you in that mood. No. Um, so – creating content either outside of business hours or maybe when you can be kind of separated in mm. some sort of way i feel like it's so much easier so having that accountability of hey i'm going to be there before your location opens or hey i'm mm -hmm. going to be there after the location or early in the morning or whatever is when we do ours well early in the morning typically things aren't going on um if you do it in the if you do it in the middle of the day when things could happen or your employee calls in um, or somebody you know somebody goes home sick or whatever, it just you're setting yourself up for failure. Um, so yeah. those are two biggest things for me is accountability and um, having a time set aside where I won't be distracted. You know that was something I was going to mention as well. Um, the the thing that I hear most from business owners around creating content, the biggest hurdle is time. Uh, the time to do it. And, and what you just mentioned plays absolutely right into it. The idea of how are you going to be accountable to do this? Because it is an effort. I think a lot of business owners who've never created social content before, they do see it as like, we're just kind of playing around. No, this is a very real business task. And when you see it from <laughs> a sales perspective of this is literally you selling to people, trying to build trust and awareness of your brand and your product, um, it takes time dedicated to doing it. And it's, and it just like great customer service, just like, you know, very on point bookkeeping, you cannot do it half minded. You cannot do it distracted and trying to deal with, you know, the accidents that have happened, trying to deal with somebody calling in, like you mentioned, Steve. So overall, when we think about time, what we're really saying here is carve out time, set it aside to do it and honor that time as best you can, which is to say, make that time, uh, impenetrable. You're not going to get bugged. You know, you're not going to have random questions happen. And like, like Steve, I think it's, genius when you say don't don't do it when you're at your busiest don't do it when you're open and anything's possible to happen go wrong have a question asked set aside some time that you're going to honor and then be accountable to that and and whether that's somebody's personality is they can be accountable to themselves or you've got to have somebody that you either have help you or um you know is waiting on it for you whatever that external factor is but the the point is set aside time to both brainstorm and create the organic content. Um, and if you are, if you've never done this before and you're a retailer, absolutely get someone to help you ask a team member, ask a family member, ask a, you know, younger family member and, and bring a kid along and, and brainstorm on it and then make that content. But getting that time protected and set aside, yeah, is going to be basically your first step to making sure that this works. And that mindset of it being a very real important business task you've got to adopt that mindset. You can't see it as just having fun. We're on social media just because it's what you do or it's the, it's the silly fun place to dance on the internet. No, that's not the truth. It, what it is is a very real town square where you have access to 
dozens of customers in your local town, hundreds of customers in your local town, and literally billions of people around the planet. So I, I think you're, you're right on that, Steve. That time issue is really, really big for people. I think that's why the Barstool Sports um, episode was so powerful yeah. that um, talked about how they hire content creators that are already creating content around something they want to get into. Um, you know, if you have a lumber store and uh, you are listening to this episode and you're like, crap, I don't have two hours a week to just make videos or yeah. I don't even I'm not good on camera. I hate the camera. I'm not I'm shy or whatever. Then find somebody on YouTube or TikTok that's creating home renovation videos mm. and ask them to create content for you or ask a very, um, you know, big personality that works for you to create, you know, three videos a week or whatever. Um, I think that's why Barstool is so genius is they create content around specific um you know genres yeah. of of different uh topics and within sports but they don't create the thing around a specific person um you know and that's how that's how every news station works that's how every you know and people are de like scared to do that a lot of time oh, i don't want to put this person on i'm like freaking yeah. espn puts people on there right. if you say if they say something wrong you freaking apologize and take it down it's not that big of a deal yeah. you know um so when you're listening to this and you're like, crap, an hour a week, two hours a week, whatever your ambitions are, um, a lot of people are like, ugh. Um, and again, it's just like a salesperson, yep. really. I mean, that's all this is. That's right. Um, if you think that sales would be good, and I don't think anybody, you know, that's the first thing. I, I So many people I talk to, they're just like, yeah, I don't know if I'd ever do that, blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, then you probably don't really want your business to grow yeah. that much. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I'm not being, I'm not saying that to be ugly. Right. I, I legitimately don't think some people care to have their business grow that much. Oh, sure. <laughs> I mean, I really don't. And so, but to the caveat to that, I don't think you're listening to this podcast if you don't. <laughs> I mean, right. I think everybody that's listening to this does. So assuming that you do um, really care, you're trying to figure out something to get your business to grow. Um, I think that this is an incredible platform to do it. Now, decide, do you want to do it or do you want somebody else yeah. to? If you want to do it, that's what this episode is, is about is, you know, if you want to be the content creator. Yeah. It, it takes some it's, it takes some forethought. It really does. And, and, you know, my next tip actually would be for anyone who wants to do it themselves or to hire somebody, because the, the tip is you got to clarify your message. You really have to get super clear on what you're saying on social media. And that doesn't mean you have to be clear about every single word that's spoken in a video, every single caption that's written. I'm saying get very clear about your overall message. What problem do you solve for people? How does it make their lives better? What's a clear way of describing your product or service? You know, why are you different than the other competitors in your field? Writing those things down, you know, at Fox Strategies, we call it a brand script, part of the story brand framework. Uh, but writing those things down so that either you making the content or your content creator that you've hired can stick to that message and weave it in. So, you know, if you're going to make an entertaining video, uh, by the way, props on getting on the corn trend. I saw that the other day. Beautiful video, right? To, to amplify the trend of the corn uh, kid on TikTok. But if you're going to go toward a trend, you still got to have that core message that shines through or that you build around it. So yeah, make a trendy video, get a bunch of likes and follows as Steve has done multiple times. And then your next video or two videos from now will be a very 
focused video on your core message. What are you the expert in? How are you making people's lives better? Um, and so having that message written down is really, really crucial because over time, what happens is you'll have message drift or mission drift. And it's where you look up a year from now and your business is on social media talking about absolutely nothing that you sell and you got famous or you got viral or whatever for something that had nothing to do with who you are. And, and so that's where I would say writing your core message early on in this uh, effort will keep you centered on it when you've made your thousandth video, which will happen faster than you think it will. Um, so what do you think, Steve, because we've been operating with a core message for cook feed for a long time. Has it made it easier for you to stay on topic? Yeah. And I, I never thought about that. I had, I had come to those conclusions before we even met, Yeah, but I didn't know that that's what it was. You know, I almost even like poked fun at some of the marketing stuff like, Oh, you don't need all that crap, right. you know? But I knew I knew how important it was when we met because of my experience of going down the wrong path of creating content and sharing. You get obsessed with building an audience. Yep. Why you become obsessed with building an audience on social media is because that's one sign of success. For sure. Okay, people like this. Well, sometimes the things that people like or the things the audience that you begin to build is not like you said it is not the actual customer that you're wanting to build yeah, yeah. <laughs> the audience that you're building and your your ideal customer are two different people so um so yeah that is it's very good to have thoughts about that before you start creating content don't overthink i mean like if you're not creating multiple videos a week already, that's probably not your problem. Your problem is probably just like getting the freaking phone out and start posting, you know, yeah. but, um, this is like, if you're going to spend real dollars and in real effort behind creating content, be thoughtful around, you know, is this still who my ideal customer mm -hmm. is? Um, that the, is the audience that I'm building and the ideal customer, the same person. Absolutely. Because, the the value long term in building an audience which is what social platforms do really well the, the value long term is that you would have uh 15,000 people suddenly who not only like what you post so that's how you built the audience but they also need what you sell that is the that's the perfect intersection i think of of a social media audience so if you keep at the forefront, what you sell, how it makes people's lives better, you know, what's the problem you solve for people. If you keep that up at the forefront of your content, not every single word has to be about that, but you keep it at the forefront of your message. Over time, that's the audience you'll build. And then congratulations, now you have an actual audience of people who want to buy from you, who need the product or service you offer. Um, and that's when it gets fun. That's when you really can start activating that audience to buy your stuff, to interact with you. But yeah, Steve, like you said, if you if you follow trends too much or you get too far away, you get distracted. Um, even if you go viral a couple of times and let's say you've, you've got a 30,000 person audience, but you know, what all but a thousand of those people don't know who you are, what you really sell and they don't need it. That's where you've wasted a ton of effort, potentially money, certainly a lot of time, um, in building an audience that doesn't really care. 
That's the big difference. And, and I think a lot of business owners who object to social media, that's what they think. That's what they're afraid of. Well, who, you know, how will we know that everybody who follows us actually wants to shop with us? Or how can we tie, show that this actually ties to our bottom line? Well, my friend, that be, that's because you didn't do any of the hard work up front and you didn't focus on who you're trying to sell to. That's the same thing as you wouldn't go to a street corner you know, in your big city and just start shouting about your stuff. You really... If you treat it as a respectable, in, you know, intense business marketing uh, tool and practice, then yeah, you'll build a great audience. Yeah, I uh, I completely agree with that, man. I think that that's um, something you have to be very thoughtful around before you before you begin to to create. And the key really is consistency. You know, I mean, if you're going to do this, um, I'll just tell you flat out. If you just do it, if you post once a month, if you post, you know, twice a month and there's nothing else around it, that's not worth the stress and guilt that you're feeling around not doing it. You, you might need to go and leverage or activate one of your other marketing channels. But if you're going to give it a try, the, the final thought is be consistent, post regularly. That doesn't necessarily mean every day, but do it regularly and then also be social comment back, answer questions, uh, you know, laugh at people when they, you know, say something funny. If somebody, you know, says something mean to you or tells you you're wrong, engage with them and say, Hey, that's your opinion. I appreciate it. You know, whatever, uh, you gotta be social. Cause that's what this is. It's, it's people trying to interact with you. Nobody ever built a, a following on Instagram or TikTok or Facebook, uh, YouTube by not actually, you know, responding, commenting, and actually having conversation. Yeah, they, uh, the, the consistency, I think, really, really plays out, too, in the organic because you see what, what works and what doesn't, yep. and you only know that if you're consistently posting, so that way you can kind of make small pivots and small changes along the way. Um, I think that's where I've seen the most benefit of being consistent because it helps you know what's working and what's not um the way you're doing it the cadence you're doing mm. it you know how consistently you're doing it yeah it, it all plays together to if you're going to build an audience based on how attracted they are to the content which is organic um social media you have to be consistent because you have to be knowing what those people like and if you're not reading the comments and seeing what people like and don't like and what they're triggered by and what they're not triggered by yeah. or whatever it might be um well crap like how are you going to create content that's more polarizing or more triggering or whatever it might be right um so yeah, which is which is what you want you want people to have that that feeling of of the ability to disagree with you like your alfalfa makes my horse hot uh series <laughs> you know you've got this one yeah. controversial idea in the horse industry and people love arguing with you about it so you just post about it all the time and and that's not a bad thing because you're actually letting people express themselves you're establishing your expertise um every time you do that so those kinds of things yeah come with with the data and the experience of doing it regularly so you know uh what works what doesn't and, and then you, you kind of alter your course and go on the way. Awesome. Uh, thank you for listening to this episode. And I would like to leave you with a comment or a uh, quote by Jack Welch, the famous CEO of General Electric, who said that I know without a doubt that 50% of our marketing 
is a complete waste of money. I just don't know which oh half. Oh my gosh! So there you um, go. Ugh. That is a what I would say is the the summary of of marketing. You just don't know which which one's working and which one's not, and it all kind of goes together. Yep, and takes time. To so figure it out. if uh, I hope you uh, enjoy this episode, and we'll see you in a few days with another one. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.